You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Technology and Society with Aki Anastasio. Hello, Eusebius. How are you doing this morning? I am very well, thank you. How are you? Very good, thank you. How was your weekend? I, it was very pleasant. Um, I was at the Brain in uh, Brooklyn, and I had a chilled weekend. Wasn't there load shedding? There was a bit of load shedding uh, in the beginning, but they had you know the backup generators there, so we were okay. But uh, there was no air conditioning, so I was perspiring. <laughs> you know, it's incredible how Is much that you... your excuse? No, but, but you know, you actually, when you're talking and you are, uh, you know... It, it, it takes up a lot of energy, as you know, yes. being on air. Yes. You often find yourself like perspiring, like on stage, and say, But I've only been on stage for half an hour. Why am I perspiring for this? I haven't done any strenuous exercise, but yet it makes you perspire for some it. reason. Totally, totally get it. Yeah. Okay, we've got three fantastic stories. Which one do you want to start with? Well, let's start off with the uh, the uh, antibiotic resistant uh, bacteria, um, and this is this has come out just out of MIT. You know, we spoke a few weeks ago about a drug that was that they created using uh, artificial intelligence and deep learning. Now they've used a machine learning algorithm. These researchers at MIT, and they've designed and identified a powerful new antibiotic compound. Now the the laboratory tests uh, that the drug killed many of the world's uh, most problematic diseases causing bacteria, for example, including some strains that are resistant to all known antibiotics. But this computer model, which can screen more than 100 million chemical compounds in a matter of days, uh, is designed to pick out potential antibiotics, then kill the bacteria using different mechanisms than those of existing drugs. Now, why this is significant, It's it kind of leads into our, our next uh, question as well, where we're going to be talking about chess and, and, and deep blue, etc. But it's, it's it's astonishing how powerful computing is becoming and helping us uh, really identify massive problems that we just cannot do. As human beings, it would take us years to do the kinds of things that technology is doing now, like this one here that used this algorithm to identify this bacteria. So it just I means that, amazing. yeah, it's yeah. it's extraordinary. I mean, we've spoken about this in, 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 in health, in, mm. in all sorts of spheres in the world of technology, how uh, this massive computing power is helping us solve these very intense problems that we would not have otherwise been able to solve. Especially when we're told that there's a massive crisis in terms of antibiotics and resistance and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. And what you're going to see is with this coronavirus now, it's going to emerge, I'm quite certain, that they, without the use of technology, they would not be able to solve the the, the solution to to fight this mm. this uh, this particular disease. And what what I'm saying is that technology is really speeding up the process in finding a cure for for the strain no, that's of, right. of coronavirus. That's right. It reminds me of the story from a couple of weeks yeah. ago of. Um, how the even the process for the research around this has been cut down massively in terms of how quickly yes. they might be able to come up with a vaccine. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So this leads me to the next one, and I know you you love chess. Um, you're you're a really good chess player, so I've heard. As is Jacob Zuma, so I've heard. <laughs> I think it'll be a good game. You and I'd love Jacob to play. Zuma playing chess yeah. and having a th- uh, and, of, and, and, and shooting you, shooting the breeze. All of you who are angry there on Twitter that I take jibes at the former president, if you're friends with him, I assume that uh, you at least get a T-shirt for your tweeting. Um, I'd love to play chess with the president. That'll be fun. I think it'll be an amazing interview as well. Okay, over Just game shooting of chess. the breeze with the president. Yeah, yeah. Manier Nios, make it happen. Yeah. <laughs>
Who would be the queen on the president's oh. chessboard? <laughs> or the king, for that matter. Uh, or the bishop. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it works out. No, not only do I love chess, I yeah. absolutely love Gary Kasparov. I think he's probably the best chess player of all time. Yes. And... Um, like you rightly say in your prep for today's uh, show, though, although he was already excellent by the time he became world champion in 1985, he is also as well known for the big fight of man versus machine. And you know, you know, you know how long ago that was? It was 23 years ago, 1997, that big blue. Uh, beat, uh, Deep Blue at least, beat, uh, well, it's the IBM supercomputer in case you weren't around at the time, beat Kasparov, who was the current world champion at the time in chess. And it's just extraordinary when you, when you look at the interviews that he conducted, how he was affected for a year. Psychologically, it hit him pretty hard. And then he, and then he took a step back and he says, you know what? I can't do anything to change this. This is the way the world is going. I need to accept it and I need to work with the technology. And that's what he's done all of these years. And mm. he's, uh, he's done several talks. If you just, you know, go onto YouTube and just Google Gary Kasparov, you will see that he's, he's spoken a lot about where technology is going, including artificial intelligence and how it's evolved since then. Because if you thought then that, uh, you know, the, the IBM computer, supercomputer Deep Blue was smart, imagine what technology can do today, uh, 23 years later. But, What's, what's interesting, and I love what he says, and I'm going to play this clip, and this, he was just talking over the weekend at the Association for Advanced, uh, Advancement of Artificial Intelligence, and this is a, a, a really, um, what he says all the time, basically. He says, you know, you've got to embrace this technology, because if you don't embrace it, it's going to, you know, it's going to take over your life. It will destroy you. And this is from his recent TED Talk, what he says, and I think it's really powerful when you hear a man who was on top of his game, literally, and he lost to a computer, and he had every reason to feel bitter and really uh, withdraw from the world, but he hasn't. He's embraced the technology. Here's what Gary Kasparov has to say about artificial intelligence, machine learning, and where the world is going. But unlike in the past, when machines replaced farm animals, manual labor, now they're coming after people with college degree and political influence. And as someone who fought machines are lost, I'm here to tell you this is excellent, excellent news. Eventually, every profession will have to feel this pressure, or else it will mean humanity has ceased to make progress. We don't get to choose when and where technological progress stops. We cannot slow down. In fact, we have to speed up. Our technology excels at removing difficulties and uncertainties from our lives. Machines have calculations. We have understanding. Machines have instructions. We have purpose. Machines have objectivity. We have passion. We should not worry about what our machines can do today. Instead, we should worry about this, what they still cannot do today. Because we will need the help of the new intelligent machines to turn our grandest dreams into reality. And if we fail, if we fail, it's not because our machines are too intelligent or not intelligent enough. If we fail, it's because we grew complacent and limited our ambitions. Our humanity is not defined by any skill, like swinging a hammer or even playing chess. There is one thing only human can do. That's dream. So let us dream big. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with it. Yeah, he's spot on, eh? Look, there's an inner emotional landscape that we have, the aspects of our 
existence as social creatures, way in which we relate to each other, yeah, that cannot be reduced to an algorithm. And that's the fundamental, I think, threshold that a machine can never jump over. Mm. And he's right about that. Yeah, he's he's hundred percent. The other the other thing that's obviously correct, and it's so obvious, we, I think, sometimes forget it in our fear of machines taking over the world, mm, mm. is that um, machines don't exist outside of what human beings design. Spot on. How we work with them, which is a point that you've made many times on 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 the show before, and, mm. and we really need to remember that. We sometimes, when we have these dystopian ideas of where this might go. Imagine literally machines yeah. developing personhood and features of being a person. I mean, that's obviously p- preposterous. No, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. And then uh, my last story is: before, you see, before we do so, let's, yes. let's uh, we've got someone on the line. Oh, you got someone on the line. Question, yeah. Hello. Someone wants to speak to you other than me, Aki. You know, oh, there are okay. some people who like you, like Nikki in Rand Park Ridge. How's it, Nikki? How's it? And um, just a quick question. What is the name of that software program at MIT? Or a contact, or can you put it on the website? Which software? The one that I was speaking about, about the antibiotics? Correct. Oh, okay. oh no! Th- this is th- this is um, this is a computer model that they've actually designed themselves. It's not commercially available. Um, you know, they they've got l- different models that they run, and they're using very powerful computing that's out of the reach of most of us. Um, but having said that, you know, it's you know, in in a, in a year or two already now, I mean, you can use that machine learning power of of you know running stuff in the cloud that you couldn't do five years ago. But this but specific computer model is being used by the MIT researchers and they you know it's kind of a closed um, experimental it's in closed experimental phase at the moment. Just uh, Google artificial intelligence identifies new antibiotic and look for an MIT link yes. uh, Nikki, and then you'll see um, some more about that story. Um, thanks for that question and yeah. love, love the fact that you're listening closely. The battle for truth continues. Well, yes, and I think this is going to be a significant year. You know, when you look at uh, you know politics and where politics are going, and how many I said uh, truth, uh, yeah, the truths <laughs> exactly. How many untruths there are, uh, especially this year leading up towards the um, the U.S. elections. Um, and of course, you know, Twitter has been one of those platforms. It's fantastic and it's great, but it also is a very dangerous platform in in in, in terms of spreading harmful, misleading information. We've seen it in this country with the bots. We've seen it in our very own politics about incorrect information and how p- people attach themselves to that information and start retweeting. And before you know it, you don't know if whether to believe it's if it's true or not. We know if it is true or not, but people who are not as knowledgeable about news affairs, for example. And certain things that happen in politics might take something for granted. So what Twitter is doing is they are uh, experimenting, attaching a, a large orange like stick, like almost highlighting something that could be potentially harmful and misleading to warn people to say, hang on, we're still fact-checking this. You know, don't believe what you read just yet. Mm-hmm. And then what they do is that they're using their power of, 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 of the amount of people that are on the network, for example, uh, that, that will start verifying if the information is correct or not. And, uh, once it starts violating the community policy, they will delete it automatically. But what, what Twitter is doing is it's really trying to reduce the amount of fake stories and fake news statements and really distinguish between proper facts, real facts and incorrect facts and kick them out the system before they get too much traction. And I think this is a good thing because uh, right now I think 
Twitter is a very dangerous place, you know. And if you look at uh, Microsoft's recent social impact report, mm. um, and you look at the vitriol that's on Twitter, I mean, Absolutely. you and I have spoken about it. South Africa is right on top of the world mm. as the country with the, the, the worst kind of vitriol mm. on social media. And people really go and get really personal on social media, but that's a, a separate issue mm. altogether from our discussion. But really it is looking at uh, sorting out misinformation, misleading quotes, and really deleting the fake stuff completely off Twitter. So it's really, really a clean feed mm. that we can all believe and it's been verified and Absolutely. it's true news and not fake news. Absolutely. Have yeah. a beautiful week, Aki. We'll Bye-bye. do it again next week. Bye-bye, Yubi.